Good morning, Tyndale and friends. How are you doing? How are you really doing? It's a difficult season. We have a U.S. election hovering. We're all asking when will there be an economic recovering. And there's a lot of tension, even within churches. And it can be difficult with different people having different opinions on mass. And and there's so much confusion. And a lot of it can become very stressful. On top of that, we are each hoping not to be sick with COVID. And as some of you know that are in my classes, I actually got very sick a few weeks back. Um, And I wasn't able to breathe. It was very difficult. And I was having trouble sleeping. And and it lasted many days, which was difficult because I'm used to, I often feel like I have a mutant healing factor. I'm the one in the family who, who's sick the least, and yet we got something, and, and I had it the longest, and, and I was worried that perhaps I had COVID, and so I, I went to the hospital, and I, I did the, the test, and I, you know, got that push back in my nose, and I, and I started feeling better. I actually got to teach my class, but that was still hovering over me. I, well, what, was it positive or not? And I finally got the results on the internet back, and, and, I, and, I, and I wasn't sick, and I, and I praised God, and we had a little hootering and hollering in, in my home. But I have to admit, in that time, I was crying out to God. God, please, show yourself. Help. It's, it's easy to get down these days. I look around and, and it's easy to feel helpless. A lot of questions are swirling. And, and I'm noticing the more I, I'm meeting with people or talking to people, that the isolation is starting to get to people. That being separate and, and that regular physical contact is, is difficult. And, and people are actually fearing the new normal. Like, like this will be like this forever. And people are starting to become depressed. And, and I see so many needs around me. And, and I, I'm wondering, how, how, how can I fix any of this? Nothing seems to be able to meet the, the ocean of need that is swelling around us. Here at Tyndale, both students and professors were wishing we could be in person. And there will be another semester online. And it's easy for us to get down. And we hear these are unprecedented times that the church has never faced anything like this before. And so despair can easily start to kick in. But thankfully, we have scriptures of old that teach us a different story. They tell us of an all-loving God who's always present, who knows all things. And that he has been here before and he can see us through the storm. Let's turn to the cries of an ancient king as he picks up his instrument and sings. Psalm 139, for the director of music of David, a psalm. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it, Lord, completely. You are hemming me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for my mind to obtain. When I hear this first section of the refrain, I hear a loving God. A God who is omnibenevolent, all-loving A God who has a personal care for for you and for me. He's not unaware. 
or unconcerned. And this isn't just about knowledge here. This is about intimate knowledge. God is watching you. God is watching out for you. When you're coming and when you're going, the the number of hairs on your head, here he is, he's in your thoughts, it says. In fact, I believe your thoughts are meant to be a conversation with him. Your thoughts are meant to be prayer and doxology, our language, our communication. God's always there. And the fact that he knows your thoughts means that he has the inside track on your pain. He feels it. He is love. He is your father. And it breaks his heart to see what is going on right now. He hates to see what you are going through. Dr. William J. Webb, a professor here in the seminary, was one of the first who who helped me understand that there are tears in heaven. That God can look down. He's not callously looking at your pain. But he's there in your heart. He feels every beat and every bruise. And we'll never understand how much he loves us and cares for us. Even though we're in the midst of suffering. But it's true. And God will help us through. And King David continues. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Oh Lord, we thank you for your omnipresence. You are with me. It's like that classic song, every breath you take, Every move you make, I'll be watching you. Now most of us now know that that's kind of actually a creepy song. It's about a stalker watching people. It's not a love song. But God is watching over your every move. And God doesn't watch you like a creep. He's there to hold you when you sleep and when you weep. He's there every step, every breath. But he doesn't want you to see death. The point that David is making here is that that God is always there. When when you are going higher, when you're going low, you're never away from him. And you know what? It wouldn't be good to be alone from God. He is your presence. He he is giving you your essence at every moment. There's no getting away from him, and that's a good thing. I know in our culture we have a lot of issues of privacy, and and I, I believe that we do have a right to be alone with our God, but you will never be completely alone. He will always be there with you. He's there with you in COVID right now. It says that his hand will guide you. Seek him and ask for guidance in the midst of this. And he will hold you fast. He will keep you there. And he will bring light to the darkness. These are dark times, but Christ is the light. And it will be all right. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in in my Mother's womb, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast are the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And here on top of the omnibenevolence and the omnipresence of God, we hear the omniscience of God. He knows everything. Every single moment in action on earth. He knew you since you were first formed. He was with you in your first cries. Don't deny he's with you now. It says that all that the days ordained for me were written in the book. And I was just ordained actually on the weekend with the Christian Missionary Alliance. So I, I thought about this. I was like, all my days were ordained. Even the day I was going to be ordained was ordained by the master of the harvest and rain. And again, today, God knew your every thought, your every action to come. He knew every circumstance. He knew this was coming. And he knew how he would get you through. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do you not hate those who hate you, Lord? And abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but, but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. I don't have time to get into the theological minefield of imprecatory psalms. Let me just say this. God sees what's coming for you. He knows it all. He's not surprised by any of this. He's seen his people go through so much. And we're allowed to cry out like David. Change my circumstances. Help me, Lord. Destroy COVID. Can you please get rid of this obstacle? Or help me get over it. Change my heart. If there's, if there's anything in me, help me. You, you know my, my anxiousness here. Help me overcome my unbelief, my lack of hope. Let me just respond to you in, in an appropriate way so that I can go on with the right approach. Lead me in the right path, Lord. It's a prayer as a, as a church, as a people of God. So how do we learn from this ancient prayer? How, do we, how does this apply to us right now? Well, the first thing I want to point out is that we need to acknowledge the reality before us. We can't put our head in the sand. It's difficult times. We, we have something that we need to be careful about. People I know have, have gotten sick. I know people who's, who've lost parents. So we need to, to acknowledge this. And, and Paul talks about this, the fact that we're apart from each other, I, I do think this is causing a lot of problems. Let's acknowledge that. But let's also remember that Paul talks about when he writes to his churches, like he's absent in the body, but he's present in spirit. We, together with Christ, will get through. And we hear this talk, and we heard earlier, uh, that this is unprecedented. And, and, and I want to ask that. It may be unprecedented in the modern era. We're not used to it since the Spanish flu, but, but this isn't new to God. He has led the church through many pestilences. He's led his people through. The church has gone through this in times early on, even in the Roman Empire, up to with Luther, and also through the Spanish flu. It's not unprecedented to him. 
Ask for God to help defeat this enemy. Ask him to help protect you. How many enemies have come against God's people throughout time? Sickness, war, famine, torture, strife. God has brought his people through so many enemies. This will not be different. And when we talk about this being a, a new normal, and I understand what, what we're saying. We're saying we're, we're going to have to get used to this for a little bit. But, but I also hear in this phrase a little bit of resignation, almost like a giving up of hope. Like, do we believe that God can defeat this? Do we believe that we'll never be able to give each other a holy kiss or maybe a holy hug or holy handshake again? I say history seems to disagree. We've always come through these times. God always brought his people through these times. And things return to some semblance or something that returns something like normal. Though I want to just also put a caution on this as Christians that um, I don't want us just to long for normal either. I don't think we just have to push for normal. Christians were never called to be normal. Now, we were called, yes, to to have a good reputation in society. We were were called to, to do our work as unto God. But Christians have never been called to be normal. We are called to be a countercultural gospel movement that brings hope into places where despair is normal. We are, we are set apart. We are to be a holy people. We're meant to look different. We're meant to, to people to see us and see a light and be attracted to that. So, so how does the church look different? And this leads me to the second point. From David, what we learn is that hope comes from loving God, from leaning on God, to look at God. We see his omnibenevolence, we see his omniscience, his omnipresence, and all these give us hope again. He loves us. He's watching over us. He is with us. His presence is here. We can't let this get to us. Ask him, Lord, search my heart. Know my anxieties. Cast your cares on him. Bring them to him. And it's not that easy, I know. I just want to put this out. I think the secret is to do it again and again and again. If you read the Psalms, David just didn't do one and done. This was a continual way. You keep bringing these back to him and put them to him. And he will walk with you through it. He's with you for a reason. And part of that, this hope that we got to get when we're loving God and and looking to him. I also think that the third thing that we need to remember is that we need to love our neighbors in all this. Don't let COVID make us selfish. We become more depressed when we're just thinking about our own lack of connection, when our own, you know, workloads, our own uh, desires. And what we start to realize is, I, I believe that we can serve God with presence. Think about the cover, comfort that the presence of God is for you. Think about, I, I believe that the Lord left us a physical supper to, to do when we gather together because he wanted us to realize that when his physical presence was gone, he recognized that he could give us something physical so that we could have that spiritual connection. And so what we need to recognize is the presence of God is powerful. He wants to make himself present to others as well. He's there, but he wants them to know he's there. And one of the ways he's chosen to help them know that he is there is that we show that we know he's there. That we turn to him even in our hurt. They see that we have a hope that seems to go against what everyone is, is talking about. I saw in the Babylon Bee, they, they talked about they're, they're shutting down posts. Any, any posts with hope, they shut down, right? Because it feels almost like hoping now is dangerous. But, but really, hope is dangerous because it attacks the lie that God is not there. Now, I'm not pretending that you just do this out of your sheer force of will. What I'm trying to say is that people need this. My neighbor, I was talking to the young 
uh, high schooler the other day, and, and one of his friends committed suicide during COVID. This is real, friends. And they need presence. The, the isolation is hurting. And so the church has a tremendous opportunity now to lean on God, to get through this, to, to show a smile and to hope for those who are crushed, to be present to people. I have a doctor friend, and, and she's very careful and stringent with masks and social distancing, but she's taking people on walks. And she's taking us on an archery and, and just realizing that the mental health issues is very important as well. Let us be present for people. Whether you need to do a Zoom call or a phone call, let us make sure we're making connections going for walks with people outdoors. And, and churches, we need to rethink how we do church. When this is all done, what I've learned is a lot of churches are talking about abandoning the physical space because we're using Zoom so well, and, and we need to use that as, as well as we can. It's a new tool that we can use. But let's remember that physical presence is also something people are longing for. They want to come, they want to gather. And so when we reopen, let's make our churches not a place that just people come on Sundays, but a place open to people for community and for love. Don't give up hope. Listen to David. We are the light of the world. We point to the hope of the world. God is with us. God knows everything that is happening. And God loves us. We've seen this before. Let's rise with the despair and bring our neighbors with us. Let me pray. Lord, I look around and it can seem so depressing. We keep second-guessing. This isolation is messing with our heads. I hear what you're suggesting. That you want to give us blessing. You are the best thing. So let's turn to your presence, your essence. Let's be your ambassadors. Let's return to the laughter and hope. Let us remember that you are all loving, shoving hate to the side. You are defeating our pride, Lord God. Let us reside with you and let us be comforted because you are important. Change our comportment. Let us know that you are all knowing. Our hearts be a glowing and flowing into the streets to show people that we will not see defeat. COVID. No kidding, we will not do your bidding. Lord, would you just see it written? And so we turn to you like an ancient prophet, Lord God. We ask this evil disease that you would stop it, but that we would be a true presence. And through us, you would bring your blessings. Thank you for this lesson. In the name of Jesus Christ, may he go with you. Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his head towards you and be gracious to you. The Lord shine the light of his son, Jesus Christ, out upon you and grant you his peace. For we are his church. Let's bring the hope this week. Amen.